There comes a point in many of our lives where we fly the nest or look for somewhere to stay. It could be to rent, could be to buy. It's never a very easy thing to do. We've all got different things we like, whether it's the type of property, location, is it near public transport or motorways? But uh, is that decision complicated if you have a disability? So perhaps if you're blind or partially sighted? Well, work has been done by the Thomas Pocklington Trust and there's some helpful advice now available. Now, to tell us a little bit more, we have with us Imogen Bloods, who was one of the researchers on this particular topic. Is this a common problem then or something that's been growing over the years? Well, I think there are a number of things happening. I mean, first of all, it's become more difficult for any young person to find affordable and appropriate housing in the current environment. But I think that within that, there are, as you mentioned, particular barriers and challenges for people with sight loss. And part of that's about having access to the right kind of information and advice. And I think part of that's also about kind of people's aspirations, really, and and knowing what's possible and deciding from that what you're going to do and, and being able to sort of plan on the basis of those aspirations. And this piece of work was really intended to try and tackle both of those challenges. Obviously, we can't kind of suddenly free up lots of affordable social housing, but, you know, we felt that actually there was a lot of information and advice already out there, which could be really, really helpful to a younger adult with sight loss looking for housing or indeed responding to some kind of problem with their current housing. But also we thought there was a real gap there in terms of hearing from other people with sight loss, how they'd found housing and and what their kind of tips and advice was. And we felt there was a real gap there in terms of, I guess, in the process of developing this guide, you know, I met a lot of younger people who really just hadn't entered their kind of thinking at all that it would be possible to live independently as a person with sight loss. So just really wanted to kind of try and demonstrate to those people that actually it is. And there are lots of people, you know, renting properties and moving in with partners and living and and what it takes to do that, really, what some of the practical steps are to achieve that. So what would people find in the guide? Well, the guide's divided into a number of different sections. So those kind of sections speak to different kind of housing situations that you might be in. So it might be that you're thinking about moving out of your family home for the first time. It might be that you're thinking of moving to university or to college to study as a student. It might be that you need to get out of your current housing quite urgently, either because it's in really poor repair or it's not accessible or because you don't feel safe there anymore or that you perhaps become homeless. So you can click on any of those different sorts of links and there are a number of other sections too and that'll take you to a page which contains lots of information and advice. Our kind of vision really was to bring together lots of information that's already out there on the internet but it's actually really difficult to find unless you've got a spare few days and you know your way around all the different sort of jargon and the different websites. So you'll find sort of text which kind of draws together a whole series of links to other websites which might give you information, factual information about your rights or it might take you to you know an article somebody with a disability in a similar sort of housing situation and the sorts of advice and information that they would give to you. So a whole kind of range of peer material and sort of factual information there. So very comprehensive and also the fact that you're using, you know, individuals have been through this as well. So has this taken some time to put together? 
Yes, it did. I mean, it grew out of a research project that we did a few years ago for Thomas Pocklington when we were asked to look at housing advice for 16 to 44-year-olds with sight loss, quite a specific age range, but really trying to sort of look at, uh, you know, a sort of younger adult audience. And while we were doing that piece of research, we obviously got to understand a bit more about what some of those housing advice needs were. But we also did loads and loads of searching on the internet ourselves to find sources of advice. And we found quite a lot of stuff, but we sort of thought, well, actually, it's really difficult to find this unless you know where to look. And it was sort of in that process that we got the idea that what was needed was a single portal almost, where all of those links to all that up-to-date information could be brought together. And then alongside that, we also felt that there was this real gap in terms of peer advice, specifically in relation to housing. And so over the kind of process, we thought, right, we we want to kind of co-produce this guide with people with sight loss. And I'm not visually impaired and I wanted to work with somebody who was to do this because I thought that was really important. So I approached Diane Theakston, who is a researcher with a visual impairment, and we worked together on this for probably a good year, I would say, trying to sort of identify other people with sight loss and and talk to them about what their housing journeys had involved and researching all the different bits of information and thinking about how we would bring that all together and testing with people whether that was accessible, whether it did what people needed it to do. And during that whole process, we found a number of people, I think about half a dozen people who were happy to talk about their different experiences of housing. And we started to make podcast recordings with those individuals, which are contained within the guide. Also working on the research was Diane Theakstone. Diane, tell us a little bit more about the research itself then. What systems were you using to gain your evidence? From the outset, we wanted it to be co-production. So co-production is the most intensive form of user involvement. So we wanted visually impaired people to be involved with talking about their experiences of looking for housing and what gaps there are in information and how they would like to access that information as well. So what we did at the beginning was we held two focus groups in Scotland and we held a focus group in London with visually impaired people with a range of backgrounds. So they might have been looking for housing in the private rented sector, in the social rented sector, Uh, home ownership, or they might have been looking to go to college and share a flat with other students. And the first phase was really to find out what people's experiences were and what (laughs) what the key issues were. So some of the key issues for the guide included having information about housing options in one place, for example, because at the moment it's very fragmented and all over the place. And People also wanted to learn about how they would go about perhaps getting adaptations to their property. It could be minor adaptations, such as colour, contrast, or it could be a major adaptation, such as trying to get some steps taken out and a ramp put in instead, which might make navigation a bit easier. And also, in general terms, some tips around independent learning so how how can technology help you around the house if you're needing to learn new routes in a different area where can you go for support and what services might be in place to help you so 
we went away, <laughs> did a, a, a massive draft guide, came back to people, and the second phase, we wanted to explore how they found actually navigating the guide, because at this point it was enormous with all the different sections. So the feedback really highlighted that we, we had to chop it up into sections almost and try and simplify how people could use it so that they could tailor it to meet their own personal circumstances. We've also tried to make sure that people who use a different variety of speech software that's accessible for them. So one of the issues that we found, we had a couple of tables in the draft and a few JAWS users reported that using tables can be a little bit jumpy and it's a bit difficult to keep track of where you are in tables. People who use VoiceOver with Apple products, they actually quite like tables because they have quite a lot of control over where they are. So we were looking at ways that we could make it accessible to as wide a range of speech software users as possible. And the whole idea with the online guide is that users can continually suggest maybe tips around independent living, or they can suggest new content for the guide, or they can suggest new ways that we can make it even more accessible. So, so what we have now is not a, a rigid final product. I think the idea is to keep it evolving as we go into the future. So it's almost like a, an open source product because, as you say, people can add to that textually and can they do that via audio as well? One of the features that we brought into the guide were podcasts and that was through people feeding back to us from the focus group that they really rely upon peer support. So they get a lot of support from other visually impaired people who perhaps give them advice about route training or ways that they could live independently in their house. So what we did is we tried to make podcasts to go with each relevant section and highlight people's experiences and really share their views. So hopefully the podcast will keep updating as we go along and perhaps more will get added and links to other interviews that might be relevant. So I think that's, that's really important and connected with access. Some people prefer not to read lots and lots of text. They prefer to sit down and perhaps play a five-minute podcast and actually pick up all the information they need from that instead. As we said, I mentioned that a very comprehensive piece of research, almost like in a one-stop shop if you have a visual impairment then and you know, you're know you in that position of looking for somewhere to stay. Now, you did say this, this research came out of some previous work you'd been doing as well. Can this work be taken further, do you think? Well, I think there needs to be action on a number of different levels. I think that this is a starting point and I think obviously it needs to be kept up to date. I think there's options for kind of building on the kind of peer advice and gathering feedback and continuously improving it depending on you know how useful people find it and what other ideas people have. But I also think it's not a substitute and it can't ever be a substitute for kind of individual one-to-one -one support that you might need to actually try and almost broker housing situations at some points in your life. So I think you know, an online guide can only ever go so far. And I think, of course, there are, you know, huge challenges around housing supply, particularly acute in some of our cities in the UK. 
And I think there needs to be a whole load of kind of action around that in terms of working with housing associations, with local authorities, with private sector landlords, looking at kind of extending the rights for people with disabilities to take out mortgages based on their disability benefits. I think there's a whole load of stuff that needs to happen to kind of support all of this from the bottom up. If people would like to have a look at the uh, the research image and indeed uh, the, the guide itself, is there a way for them to do that? Absolutely. It's available on Thomas Pocklington's website, Pocklington, that's P-O-C-K-L-I-N-G-T-O-N, hyphen trust, as in T-R-U-S-T, dot org dot U-K. Let's hope many people do uh, take up the opportunity and have a look at the guide. It sounds uh, an invaluable piece of work for those who are looking for perhaps even their, their first place to live independently. But Father Mount, thank you for telling us all about it on RNIB Connect Radio.